You're listening to a podcast by Mission Field USA, a church planting initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. For more information and resources, visit lcms.org slash church planting. Hello and welcome to our next podcast for Mission Field USA. I'm Pastor Steve Shave, LCMS Director of Church Planting. Glad to have you with us. As always, is my co-host, Mark Larson, LCMS Manager of Church Planting. Hello, Mark. Hello, Steve. Good to be with you again today. And it's good to kind of be with you. Uh, I guess we could call this one our quarantine edition. Um, so hopefully we don't have too many sound effects uh, of the city behind us, but we're going to do our best uh, in our quarantine lockdown here in St. Louis. But we do have an important topic to talk about today. So with us, we have uh, two folks that are representing Lutheran Church Extension Fund, and hats off to them for all their hard work that they've been doing to help uh, congregations and organizations in the midst of our coronavirus pandemic. And today we're going to talk with them about uh, something that touches on that topic, because for many people, um, we realize that mission is going to be very important for how we rebuild after all this, and yet there are some fears that might need to be alleviated in terms of, oh man, that sounds expensive and it's going to be a big facility that we're going to need to be able to pull off this new mission work that's out there in our communities. But we're very excited to have with us today, uh, Reverend Mark Frith, Vice President of Ministry Support. Hello, Reverend Frith. Thank you very much, Pastor Shave. This is a joy to be with you today. Um, we're excited to get into the topic, and also with us is Mr. Casey Carlson, uh, Missouri District Vice President for the Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Hello, Casey. Hello. Good to be on here. Thanks for uh, having us. Yeah. So we're going to talk today about uh, facilities and whether they are a blessing or a bane to the mission. And for a lot of people, I know that uh, facilities can be a bit of a challenge. It's an ongoing issue uh, it requires a lot of uh, time and effort in finding the right space. And sometimes it takes a lot of uh, redoing, uh, having to move from one place to another. For some of our folks that I've been hearing uh, from in our church planting uh, world, they're talking about how this pandemic has kind of put them on pause in terms of facilities. They've kind of been bounced from their space and they don't know when they'll be back. So we're hoping to have a good conversation today about the underlying philosophies and the theories behind our facilities and money, and how do we see the building in terms of ministry? Uh, so guys, I'm going to let you take it away. Uh, Mark or Casey, what do you think? You know, well, first off, uh, gentlemen, thanks for, you know, again, uh, reaching out to um, Luther Church Extension Fund for this conversation and provide our insight, um, you know, on the subject of church plans and especially as it pertains to uh, their facilities. And um, obviously, um, that's a big factor of any congregation, whether you're brand new or whether you've been around for, you know, 40, 50, 100 years, um, your facility is there to, to help you uh, facilitate the ministry. And really quickly, before we get started, I just want to, uh, I'm sure... Uh, I come from commercial uh, secular banking where uh, you have acronyms galore. And uh, once I joined uh, LCEF, I learned that the acronyms don't, uh, uh, they followed me over to, to the Lutheran world as well. So 
as we are chit-chatting and talking throughout this, uh, we might refer to LCEF. Um, you know, that's just the, the quick way of saying Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Uh, so again, it is an honor for us to be on this call. And, uh, and Pastor Shave, thanks for the warm introduction uh, of us and LCF and the work uh, that God's called us to do uh, in providing you know, financial resources uh, for the churches uh, and her workers. Um, and again, appreciate uh, 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 being a part of this uh, very important topic. Our pleasure, thanks. So, so let's uh, talk about, is, is the building, the ministry, what, what does it mean for us in terms of facility and money and how that works with the mission of the church? Um, Pastor Shea, I'm gonna jump in here again. This is Mark Frith. So uh, uh, what a great, uh, great topic and a great uh, lead into this and some underlying theories and um, really philosophies in terms of who we are as God's people and and how our theology really undergirds and lead us for, forth with that. Because Casey and I, as, as just a couple of guys with uh, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, we get these calls all the time from congregations and association schools, Lutheran camps, even a number of RSOs. And specifically, we're talking here about, right, churches and planting congregations and new buildings, as you were saying. Um Oftentimes our callers will indicate that they believe that they're pretty far down the planning process when we get those calls. And uh, they very well may be just that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of times uh, we're talking to, to, to folks uh, many times may have uh, be well-versed in leadership. They might have banking background. Um, they might be uh, in the trades and that's, uh, you know, great and fantastic. Um, and there's also, you know, many times there's, uh, especially in smaller congregations, uh, there's individuals that just don't have those skills, which is great, you know, which is fine. And that's where uh, entities like LCF and other entities are out there. That's why we're here, you know, to help serve and hopefully provide uh, guiding principles and uh, a process to help these congregations uh, as they uh, look forward to the future plan of their facilities, uh, you know, to really help them lay out that, uh, that process and plan. And uh, Pastor Shave and Pastor Larson, you two have both been involved in uh, the area of church planting, right? Uh, both as yes. church planters, but also supporting that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Casey and I both understand that uh, we're walking alongside side you guys who have uh, wisdom and experience in this area. Um but there are some undergirding theories that we employ in our conversations at LCEF when we're involved with congregations uh, who are planting, whether it's borrowing money, it's in campaign work. Some of these may sound relatively simple, but very much worth saying, and uh, there's wisdom underneath those. And first, one of our you know underlying uh, principles is just facilities. We say some facilities do really one thing. And it is any more complicated than that, but facilities facilitate ministry. Yes, absolutely. You know, the, the building's there to, to hopefully help facilitate the ministries that God's called you to do. Another big piece of that, uh, Mark, is, uh, is the money. You know, um, money does also really, when you boil, boil down to it, money does one thing as well, helps facilitate the ministries uh, of, your, uh, of your congregation. And a lot of times these two things obviously go hand in hand. So as you're uh, embarking on a new, um, you know, new building project, whether it's your first building, you're looking to expand, obviously the money is going to be a part of that. And you're going to be asking, you know, your people um, 
to uh, to sacrifice what God's given them. Uh, a lot of times that's part of the, the 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 pocketbook. So it's really important that you understand these two pieces because um, whether it's the building or whether it's the money that the people are helping support that building, uh, you can get sideways pretty quickly uh, with your people if uh, if you don't go take the proper uh, planning uh, as you go into those. Hey, can I say a little bit more about this? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so uh, both facilities and money be, can become very, very important to us. It's close to the vest. Jesus said something about that too, right? And, you know, where mm-hmm. your heart is, there your treasure is. And so we understand those uh, aspects to this. When you talk about a new church plant, uh, a brand new uh, congregation that's being born and they're taking on their very first uh, facility, um, members, at least what I've seen, tend to be very involved in that work. Uh, They're excited about those things. As a result, that building, that first facility can take on a sacredness in their hearts and their minds that I sometimes wonder that God never really intended. You know, as humans, we can pour out our, our, our blood, sweat, and tears into such a labor of love. It becomes something that's really important to us. And one of my congregations that I was called to and uh, served, they had built their first uh, facility just a few years before I got there. Uh, the congregation was small and uh, building that new, uh, new first structure, the stories that these members would tell, uh, most of them, by the way, were really, really good. Uh, but they talked about the relationships and how God was knitting them together and, and the opportunity for evangelizing uh, in the community and the hospitality they were able to, to uh, share with others. That building meant a whole lot to those folks. I mean, it would be really hard for any one of them to see that that first building, if it would ever need to be torn down. Uh, but again, we come back to this. Uh, the building does one or two things, and what becomes a hindrance to the Lord's ministering to his people, it's not sacred any longer. It's not helpful. So again, we say this, a building does one thing, is meant to facilitate ministry. Yes, exactly. Exactly, Mark. And many times, you know, um, early on when I'm having conversations with congregations when it's coming to their building, uh, sometimes I might uh, just be up front and ask them, you know, is your building the ministry? Because um, as you go uh, about planning uh, the facility, you know, some people are going to have some certain things that they want and expect to see uh, in the uh, uh, in that building. Uh, they could be very uh, personal desires that they want to see. Um, you know, it could be stained glass windows. And as we know, uh, especially this day and age, to uh, uh, when you're looking at things of that nature, they can get pretty pricey and very expensive. Um, and a lot of times those people might be willing to give uh, dollars to do that, uh, which is, can be great. It could be a great uh, act of stewardship on their behalf, you know, but uh, as church leaders, uh, as pastors, as you're dealing with those situations, you know, you have to be ready to um, have uh, hard conversations around uh, the purpose of those dollars. What's it going to be used for? Is it going to help us facilitate our ministry? If so, great. This is, let's celebrate that. Um, you know, if not, then you got to have those conversations with, uh, with all the people, uh, there at the congregation to make sure that again, that building is serving the purpose of the ministry that God's called you to do, uh, in the place that he's placed you. All right. Very good. So I know you had, uh, asked if, uh, Mark and I had experience for me, I wasn't actually a mission developer coming out of the seminary. I was specifically trained to be a church planter. 
And uh, when I went to Georgia for the Florida Georgia District, um, we kind of had a unique uh, start. So our mother congregation gave us our blessing. And our first location was actually in a funeral home chapel uh, of all things. But it was free. And it was a good place for us to just start with our core group of people. And actually, things went pretty well. And we ended up... uh, we we outgrew the space, and so we ended up going over to the local elementary school, and that helped too. It gave us a place to worship on Sunday mornings. Uh, still needed different facilities uh, for any of our family events or for meetings and that sort of thing. And eventually, we wanted to have our own space that we could use throughout the week. And so it just so happened that there was a, a place in town that was a former banquet hall, so it sat a lot of people. And right next door to it, there are a bunch of offices, which worked out great for not only our own purposes, but to hold Bible studies. And we had a youth group room and it was great. It worked out really well for us. And uh, we we rented that space as well. And then it was interesting. The the time came, though, um, when we had to make the decision uh, in terms of what would we use for our permanent location. And all the places that I just mentioned in our own uh, space that we had Uh, for the whole week, it gave us opportunities that were abounding in mercy. So we had all sorts of community engagement. We had um, Mm -hmm. a great deal of poverty just on the other side of the road. We had a senior facility, a women's uh, shelter, um, just all surrounding us. So I I do have to admit, I was a little bit nervous in terms of having our own facility that wouldn't be location, 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 where the ministry was really thriving. But happy to say, I think uh, now they're on about their third uh, building program with LTF. And uh, they worked with you guys too, uh, with Laborers for Christ. And it gave a whole new set of ministry opportunities. So sometimes we don't even know the blessings that are going to come from our building when it comes to planning a congregation. So talk to us a little bit more, guys, about what, what are the potential blessings for your building with church planting? So Casey and I have had an opportunity to kind of talk about these things, you know, ahead of uh, the opportunity to visit with you uh, both today. And uh, so we kind of came up with a, a short list. And one of those uh, for like you experienced, Pastor Shave, you know, a new or young congregation, a building, that first building can be a terrific blessing in the sense of visibility. I spoke to a pastor down in Plano, Texas recently that I'd worked with uh, over the last year, and they've planted four or five congregations over the last number of years. And at one of their recent dedications, he was really, uh, the senior pastor was caught by surprise at his young daughter congregation. He was, pri- he was surprised to see how many people turned out from the community at the time of the dedication of the new building. You know, and those folks who would stay on, they would go on to become members. Um, so just the visibility factor, he said, was something that actually surprised him. When he asked them about it, here's what uh, some of the responses were that were given to him. They said, well, you know, once we saw that you were dedicating your new building, we watched it kind of going up. But when we saw the dedication, the invitation to come, it signaled to us that you were here to stay. You weren't some fly-by-night ministry. And for 
whatever reason, right? The Lord leads folks, you know, and, and knits them together. But I thought that was fascinating what uh, that pastor had to say. Visibility is a blessing with a new building. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, also what comes along with a, with a new building, too, is that sense of ownership of, for your people as well. Um, you know, especially as a church plant, as, as we all know, and, and Pastor Shave, you just kind of alluded to it uh, in your previous uh, ministry life of as you're a church plant, you seem to be a little nomadic. You know, you're, you're going places where uh, free is an optimal word when you're a church plant. Free is great. And, uh, and a lot of times what that means is you're moving uh, from space to space. Um, you might have issues or problems with uh, landlords or if, if ownership changes in a place that you're at and all of a sudden you're, you're having to move again. All of a sudden, once you have that, uh, that building that you can call your own, it really becomes a, a very positive factor in your congregation that now that this is our space, this is, you know, this God has given this to us. And uh, now we have this place uh, to worship. Um, and also what, what kind of goes along with that, too, is a sense of momentum. Uh, uh, Frith, your comment there of talking about, you know, uh, now that people uh, really believe that you're, you're seriously here to stay. Uh, that's a real thing, that piece of momentum that, uh, that, hey, we are moving forward, we're being propelled forward, um, we're doing the right things, God is leading us here. Um, and I had a conversation uh, kind of leading up to this as well with, uh, with the New Beginnings Church that's out here in Pacific, uh, who they, you know, they were a church plant that started in the early 2000s. Uh, was, uh, you know, nomadic like any other church plant. And now they have actually, um, they, they built their first building around 2007. And now they've had a couple expansions. So my conversation uh, uh, with uh, Pastor Sullivan there, uh, he when he talked about each building phase, whether it was the first building or whether it was any of the additions that they'd done, there's always this sense of excitement and momentum at those occasions. There's always things that go along with that in the adverse as well, but there's always this sense that we're doing the right things. There's, there's energy around it. Um, now granted for them in those projects, there was always a kind of a need for growth. So that always makes it easier. You know, when you're growing and you're bursting at your seams, uh, those growth uh, uh, needs uh, be, tend to tend to be a little bit easier, but there's always this kind of sense of, uh, of momentum when you're doing that. Uh, you know, Frith, with your uh, pastoral background, when you're looking at the uh, at building and and uh, Pastor Shaven Larson can lead into this too as well. But what does a building do for a congregation? The sense of you know their worship experience, you know of, of uh, maybe improving it in some way. Well, I think just to pick up on where just I'll just speak to it briefly, and then let Pastor Larson and Pastor Shave speak to this also. But um, sometimes you know if we talk about the pitfalls uh, of of a building and especially if you're renting the inadequacies sometimes you don't always you know have the shared space a landlord could simply say hey we need to go in a different direction and we need to let you go uh there's obviously the constant setup and takedown of a temporary uh place and so you know your worship experience um preaching and teaching of the gospel uh can be greatly improved in places when you have your own place. Pastor Shave, Pastor Larson? Well, I guess I would add, I, I think that there is such a thing as holy space to people. You know, um, we certainly see that in scripture that uh, uh, God's people and maybe God himself would set aside a place for his worship. And um, is that's very special to people. And certainly as the years pass, sometimes it gets a little bit too special to people, but 
um, they can say, that's where I was baptized. That's where I've heard God's word. That's where I've uh, received uh, the Lord's Supper time and time again. You know, that that's where they received the comfort when their loved ones uh, went ahead of them to heaven, that um, people build a real identity and spiritual home around uh, these facilities also. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was in the seminary helping with a church plant, uh, even as a student. And one of the locations that we were helping, uh, it was just a very small group of people. And they met in kind of a renovated garage. And there is, you know, it's all about the people. It's about God's word and sacrament. But there is some psychological, you know, aspect to that, too, when you invite somebody that they do have that sense of I'm in church when they're going to worship. And so that can be a bit of a challenge. And as you said, having your own dedicated space is important for a lot of reasons, uh, not uh, the least being our theology and understanding of worship. But there was some advantages, even when we were meeting in a school uh, gymnasium, that you know, even that idea of having to take down and set up gave people a lot of opportunities to feel like they were participating in the church plant right away. So even when we had visitors, I remember walking up to somebody and saying, hey, would you be willing to help with taking down the chairs? And they had kind of that instant uh, sense of ownership. Um, but on the other hand, um, what an improvement it was to have our own dedicated space that we could, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, a lot of work uh, to make that space sacred. So it was kind of, you know, nice to focus on other things besides setting up and, and taking down. As you said, it gave us a lot more opportunities in terms of our youth and children ministries. So there was a great uh, improvement when we had our own facility. And even when we did move locations away from some of the activities that we were doing that really engaged us in the community, we made sure that we had a footprint still. Uh, in town, and that we would continue those ministries, and again, only to enhance our new opportunities in the lo new location. So, so no doubt, um, the momentum picked up, and definitely the worship experience, I think, improved vastly, um, being able to really concentrate on having a sacred space set apart. So, very good points. Um, but on the other hand, as we just talked about, there are opportunities too where the facility itself can become a bane on the ministry. Um, there can be pitfalls uh, that we fall into with building uh, a new facility for church planting. So, guys, help us out. What are some of those pitfalls or banes that you might run into? Yes, thank you. And, you know, a lot of times, I don't know if this is so much as a as a pitfall. It just can be in a lot of times what people don't think about or realize uh, before they have that building is uh, the time and energy that can go to help uh, maintain uh, that building. And sometimes, you know, that uh, that time and effort that you have to put into a building can be a drain, especially for a smaller congregation. You know, um, if you don't have the people that uh, have the time and ability to, to do so to keep that uh, building, you know, uh, kept up well, um, it can certainly become a hindrance for the ministry. 
and it can become, you know, kind of a burden for that ministry to carry. So it's just definitely something to keep in mind when now it's your building, you no longer have a landlord that's taking care of those little things. The AC goes out or there's an issue with the roof or uh, something along those lines. It's no longer a phone call to your landlord. It's a phone call to your building committee, you know, and, and so who's going to be on that build, building committee? Who's going to serve that? That type of thing is always something to keep in mind. Uh, and and in the inverse, sometimes that can be a great blessing, though, too. I will say that as well, um, as many times you have people in your congregation, that's a passion for theirs. So all of a sudden now they have this great stewardship opportunity to give up some of their time for something that they truly enjoy doing. Uh, you know, those handymen and women in the congregation that love to to do that kind of stuff, that love to mow the yard, uh, all that kind of fun stuff. That can that can also be definitely a, a blessing as well for your people. Um, and also something, you know, to kind of add on to that, especially uh, when you're looking at uh, buildings, whether it's uh, uh, existing space that you're maybe renting or, you know, a lot of times when a church plant's looking at a, at a building, it might not be a brand new construction. They might be looking at, uh, you know, we are uh, uh, as a, uh, our Lutheran heritage usually alludes to some prudent, uh, wise decision making when it comes to financials. <laughs> I, I hear a little chuckle there. Um, but uh, so a lot of times you might be moving into a building that's existing, um, which can um, definitely open up uh, some very uh, precarious situations when it comes into uh, when you start rehabbing a, a, a place like that. There's a lot of unforeseen repairs uh, and expenses that, that might come along along the way there. So it's definitely something to keep in mind as you're looking at buildings um, that, that that maintenance factor can certainly um, uh, become an issue uh, and can definitely become a bane for a congregation that's just not used to having to deal with such uh, stuff like that. Uh, and if I might jump in here, Casey, also, uh, that's one of the reasons why uh, folks on our team with LCF, we got a whole group of architects. Uh, we call them the architectural advisory team members that are always on hand. They're kind of scattered throughout the country and available in our districts. These are licensed architects who can just be a blessing in terms of uh, helping with you evaluate existing properties. They can help you over, you know, uh, check on new drawings. Maybe you already have the architect in place can do a uh, site and facility analysis. These are all things that are uh, important and um, uh, in, in the building of a new building or taking care of an older one, reconverting, uh, remodeling an existing building and the like. So that's, I think is key. Just wanted you to be aware of that too. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll add on to that too. Anytime an architect uh, comes in and I'm fortunate, right? They're all fortunate. My, my counterparts out there serving in other districts, but uh, Elmer Wind is my direct contact uh, who I reach out to if a congregation is looking at either a new building or even their existing building and trying to think of reevaluating the, the use of space. Uh, the one thing that's great about the architects is uh, they're, they're churchmen, churchmen and women that grew up in the church, they understand, uh, you know, our traditions and the like. So they bring that, uh, uh, you know, they bring that eye, not only on the architectural side, but also our, our church side of what things will work and what things won't work. Um, and they can definitely be a benefit um, as you're, uh, as you're looking at your facility for sure. Um, another thing too, when you're talking about kind of uh, the point I was building on uh, before there, where you're talking about um, the buildings and these un you know, foreseen expenses that can pop up, you know, whether it's an, an older building that you're trying to rehab or even if you're building a new building. I've never once been on a, uh, in my in my life here with LCF in my previous life in commercial banking. I've never had one project that came in 
under budget. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and, but that's something you got to be aware of and you got to plan that going into it. Cause then what happens there, you know, obviously it becomes, it can become a great, uh, bane and pitfall is that drain on finances, um, and especially in younger congregations and church plants that can be, um, uh, it can be a, a big, big issue. Uh, one, just just from the financial perspective, but also now, okay, we're new, we're, we're, we're stepping into this new realm of building our own building. Now all of a sudden you might get uh, uh, leadership conflicts or maybe the people not feeling comfortable with leadership if, if, if things got really out of whack. So it's really, you want to make sure you're doing your due diligence and uh, really taking the time, which we'll get into a little bit later, but really taking the time to plan out, you know, a building phase uh, to try and avoid some of those pitfalls. Very good. And also being the inner city guy, I'm totally uh, with you in terms of some of those unexpected things that pop up. And so many of our inner city congregations that are struggling have very large facilities. The costs uh, to keep them maintained and the furnaces and, you know, some sometimes a, a simple repair to whatever it is in the roof or whatever. I mean, it gets away from you pretty quickly. And one of the issues too is just a loss of the focus of the mission. And so you have people that are uh, perhaps they're um, living out in the suburbs and they come and they commute uh, to the church. And it's really kind of nostalgia, you know, that's about the building. This is where their uh, family has been, you know, grandma and grandpa were uh, married there and it's a beautiful space and you know you got to love the inner city congregations where you walk in and you're like man this just feels like church uh, from the minute you step foot and yet so many times uh, one of the things that can happen though is that the building itself kind of becomes church rather than to understand God has placed you in this place at this time for this mission to the very people that are around you in your community. And so what, what do you guys think about that, where the, the building kind of becomes too much of the focus rather than the mission? I think you hit the nail on the head with that, Pastor Shave. Absolutely. Uh, you, you've seen it. You've lived that. Uh, it takes on that sentimentality, and um, and it, it begins to cloud the purpose for which God has called uh, us to be there. The opportunity becomes, you know, as, as somebody who's new, who's called into that again, uh, entrusting ourselves that God is the one that calls us into his mission. He's the one that knits this place together. You're there to serve and mercy and witness uh, uh, in that place. But uh, to prayerfully consider, indeed, Lord, why do you have us here in this place? Uh where does the building, does it become too much for us? What do we do with it? How are we going to, how are we going to walk this out in a sacred fashion, prayerfully, conversationally, and think this through? Uh, that's the big challenge, um, indeed, to try to answer and understand, Lord, why do you have us in this place? Who are the people here that uh, you're seeking for us to serve uh, with your mercy and with your grace, with the teaching of your word? Um, and so I think you know, that's a, that's a great question that you have there. And it's important. It's one of the reasons why we walk through when it comes to whether, you know, there's a loan that's needed uh, for a property for uh, remodeling or for a new building, as we're talking here today. Um, having a, a strong understanding uh, for ministry clarity, 
you know, what is our guiding statements, uh, Lord? What is your vision for this place? Uh, what is the mission, uh, which is going to be defined partly or, and maybe in many parts wholly by who are the people that God has called us to be, called us to serve in this community, right? Pastor Shave, I mean, you've got that experience in, in that way. Um, what is that like as you navigate the surrounding culture? Yeah, and sometimes it, it comes to the point where it's almost a, a replant. And, you know, that's mm. why I'm excited about kind of our partnership, you know, uh, in the Office of National Mission, working with LCEF to help to replant that congregation, to, uh, you know, make those necessary repairs, to, to keep that building uh, in tip-top shape, but also to help to refocus them on the mission, to kind of rebuild a core group of people to really look at why God has put us where he has put us and how do we serve our neighbor in love? How do we reach out in mercy and human care? How do we witness to those in the community around us? Um, so that's that's one of the things I was excited to, to talk with you guys about is uh, when you have that space and especially in the city, because when you lose your footprint in the city, it's almost impossible to get it back. Um, mm-hmm. But there are ways to replant yourself to really get your focus back, um, not just on keeping the facility going, but on the mission that surrounds you. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of times what gets missed there is you get that inward focus on the building. And, you know, you, you had a large congregation that was there that's not no longer there anymore. Now we have this large building that we have to try to maintain. Um, how are we going to do this? Um, where that is, you're right, Pastor Shave. It's a great opportunity to really look at your community um, and and see the needs of the community and how can this building be used as a benefit for the community to then hopefully connect them with with uh, you know reaching them, reaching the lost with the good news. Um, but you really got to take that step back and the building's the building. It's there. How can we use it, you know, uh, for God's purposes? And sometimes it's going to look different than it did. 15, 20 years ago, uh, especially in those inner city uh, uh, areas to, uh, you know, you really got to take a, a forward look and a strategic look at um, what's around us, who surrounds us. You know, that's where, um, you know, LCF, we do have our demographic studies. Um, I would encourage any church plant that's looking at an area, uh, please reach out to your district vice president um, and, and request a demographic study, but even those entrenched congregations that have been uh, in a certain area for for many decades, it never hurts to always keep refreshed on who's around you. And you can do that with a demographic study to find out who are the people uh, that are around you, what are their needs, and how can we reach them, um, and how can we use the building in order to do that. Very good. So guys, now we talked about uh, kind of the underlying mission that's important to understand the philosophy behind how facilities are there to help uh, to uh, bolster your mission work. Um, We've talked a little bit about how we can partner together. And uh, you mentioned the word loan a couple times now. And uh, I mean, coming out of the seminary, I was a second career guy. So I did have a bit of an advantage of having some business acumen. And also I started in in the banking industry. So, um, you know, I I felt a little bit comfortable and having a deaconess for a wife who's a CPA and now a a PhD in business, uh, you know, we we felt pretty equipped. But uh, I have to say one of the fears and the obstacles, I think, for church planting is just that idea of, um, you know, the expenses and how are we going to, how are we going to do this? So, 
talk to us a little bit about what, what are you going to need to know? You're a core group of people. You're considering this new mission field that's around you. Uh, you've been looking into this since the beginning of the pandemic of all these uh, folks that are, you know, uh, hurting and, and need the gospel. Um, what, what are some things that a core group of people need to know about construction loans and the construction process to help alleviate some of that fear? I'll just kick it off here, uh, Casey, and it's going to lead into you because this is where you and I really, um, as representatives of LCF, at least in one location, will kind of work together in this way. But I just put two down, two factors down, lay them down here, uh, Pastor Shave. Uh, you know, consider uh, if you're, it's about new construction stuff, uh, consider construction timelines and ministry planning. Those two factors come together. The first one's kind of a ballpark projection very practical. We want to give uh, our new building opportunity plenty of time and 18 months to two years, maybe even three years is a good conservative amount of time. Um, uh, give yourself that time. Construction always takes more time, as Casey was saying earlier, to accomplish than uh, we ever normally factor into our equations. I don't know what that is about us as humans. We always think, okay, we can get this done in 11 months, and then it takes 24 to 28 or something along those lines. So we want to figure conservatively. Uh, otherwise, it becomes such a stressor. It becomes an irritant, and we can feel like uh, we're foolish, and other people will say, hey, we told you so, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And definitely, you know, if, if, if people in your congregation or you're talking to builders say it's going to take nine to 12 months, don't assume, oh, we can get it done quicker. You know, trust and lean on, on, um, on the experts in those fields and always plan for extra time. Um, and also, you know, a mistake that I see a lot of congregational uh, leaders will often make, especially early on, is, you know, not bringing enough members into the building planning. You know, uh, voters meetings certainly aren't the time um, to, to then bring them on board. It's certainly a time to, to engage in, and bring your people on board with a plan, uh, but it's definitely not the only time. And you want to try and bring those people in for their input. And, uh, and definitely you want, to, as you're building your leadership team, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting, you know, um, a full, uh, array of your people, you know, that, uh, uh, that obviously their congregation, the whole congregation is going to be using this building. It's not, uh, it's not going to be just, uh, men over the age of 60 that are using this, you know, it's not going to be just older couples that have been in the church for a number of years. Uh, that are going to use it, you know, young families, uh, uh, younger single individuals, uh, women, you know, just make sure that your, uh, building committees and planning committees are well, uh, uh, represent your um, congregation as a whole. Cause in, at the end, you know, everybody's going to be using this building. So you want to make sure you're getting the input uh, from as many as you can. Um, and now really save on potential um, uh, issues, conflict um, down the road um, as, uh, as you proceed on this building project. Communication, right? Everything, Oftentimes Absolutely. comes down to how how do we communicate or not communicate, and uh, we'll see this all the time. So I will get involved, or my teams of uh, facilitators will get involved when it comes time to raising up individuals, raising dollars. Uh, Casey and his team will work together if there's money that needs to be lent and borrowed to assist with uh, construction, moving. Um, 
uh, staff in position. We forget this and we see this all the time is it, it the breakdown of communication. Uh, and it's really the sole reason why, you know, we've kind of developed this whole ministry clarity focus in the process. A congregation, you know, wants to build their first new building. But if you really thought through all the process, and so we have, you know, uh, really a, a process for developing and uh, clarifying the purpose of this particular ministry. Pastor Shave, you were talking about understanding the mission and being on point so that you don't lose that. Um, uh, down to, okay, we've got our building committee, but how does the building itself, how is it going to resource and facilitate the overall ministry? Who's going to be using that building? How many different other entities potentially uh, could be involved in, in, in using this build, building so that our, our ministry will be multifolded, multifold um, to uh, what is the financial planning that needs to go into this? Um, and so all of that develops into a master ministry plan so that your facility building is going to really live out and fulfill what it is that God is leading you to do and the purpose for which he has you there. Yeah, and I would say, um, you, Mark, you alluded to it at the beginning there, talking about you want to really lay, you want to allow the proper time uh, for this, uh, to plan out this new facility. Um, so really, you know, the biggest recommendation uh, that I can make is you want to ballpark that day. You want to be, you want to look forward of, okay, when is, when are we going to potentially need a new space? Um, and then you want to kind of work backwards uh, from there. So you really want to ballpark that date. And again, the further out you can uh, lay it out there, the better. Um, actually one of, uh, one of our architects, I was work we were working with a congregation that all of a sudden had a, had a need, uh, a facility need. They were going to have to be out of their space by a certain date. And so they're looking at that as a, as a, you know, obviously a constraint to a timeline. And so as they were looking at their, at potential ideas for buildings, um, you know, they were looking to maybe get something started in the spring and this was in the fall. And uh, uh, we were, we had architect out there and we we're just talking about different uh, ideas and plans and thoughts. And, uh, and what he said to him was this, like, you probably can uh, get a building put up in that time. You just might not have a congregation that will go in it. Um, and what he meant by that was if you speed through this, um, you have, you know, a, a small committee that basically pushes things forward and makes the decisions. Um, you can possibly get done in that timeline. However, um, if you don't bring your people along with it, you don't ask for their input, don't listen to their input. You can really create conflict uh, that will be long lasting in, in any congregation. Um, if, uh, if things, uh, you know, get kind of out of whack from the get-go. So you really want to plan these things out. You want to, uh, you know, you can start with a general size that you're looking for, and then you can really easily uh, get an idea of what that might cost. Because, you know, early on, you're just going to be looking at a total, uh, really just a, a master kind of total figure before you really start getting down into the weeds. Um, and then once you get to that number, then you can start thinking, okay, how are we going to, uh, you know, where are the finances going to come for this? You know, can, what can we raise dollars for? What do we have on hand? Is it going to need a loan? And that's where I'd highly encourage um, you to reach out to those uh, outside resources, whether it's through LCF and contacting your DVP um, to, to have those questions. Um, you know, how can we financially afford this? And I would say this, it's never, ever too early to ask those questions and then bring people in. Uh, it's, I always say the earlier, the better. Uh, that comes from my my previous life in secular banking. It's followed me to here. Is that um, it's never too early to bring in and talk, especially if you're if you're looking that you might need a loan. 
um, uh, it's it's always best to get in on it early because then we can help advise. We can help, you know, uh, even help with what we can bring in ministry support. You know, Frith is happy to come along with me and we can talk through and kind of lay out what's this, what this might look like and how to bring your people along uh, through the whole uh, through the whole process. All right, guys. So you just talked about uh, a couple of things that your mission minded mission developer uh, is going to be considering. You know, you talked about bringing them in early to have that discussion. But, uh, you know, if they think that, oh, this could be a source of conflict <laughs> or if this could be something that's going to be kind of a, a time or a money drain from the great mercy work that we're doing to engage in this new community, what, what would you say about what do you need to know about raising those additional dollars then? So your people, um, it's a good point, Pastor Shave, um, and, and a great question. Uh, one of the things is we lo- uh, come alongside of uh, ministries, congregations, and the like is uh, our role in this is never to tell you what to do but to help you facilitate this process. Your own people for whom you're going to invite in to uh, sacrifice uh, towards uh, the growth of this ministry, uh, new facility, reconstructing an old facility as well. It's to be able to, to walk alongside of them and help them to understand how every piece of this is an important part of your mission and your ministry going forward. Uh, things tend to go haywire when, you know, we kind of make some universal decisions, just assume it's going to happen, put a voters meeting out there six months, and, and then we come with a great big report rather than walking alongside of them. You really want to, what we love to do is come alongside of, you know, the called servant who's there and uh, uh, the leaders that are part of that ministry and just kind of walk through through a series of questions and answers and understanding where God has you positioned, where he sees you leading and just helping you to clarify you know, your purpose and your mission in that place to understand how you're structured, the various gifts in terms of leadership, people, personnel uh, that are coming alongside of that mission planter, that, you know, uh, church planter and uh, to help him and help them construct a really good case for how God is leading you forward in this way so that everybody understands. They understand the construction plan. They understand the master ministry plan. They understand how you've uh, come to understand the demographics of your community and how all of this is to reach and to bless through through your work of ministry, of witness and mercy and the like. Um, That becomes crucial and critical towards the time when you're going to Uh, walk them, your people together to say, the Lord is calling us to commit to this future that he has in mind for all of us. And here's how it all hangs together. And this is why this is so important, so that you lift up your people and to help them to walk this out. Um, They'll be so much more receptive, uh, at least as we see uh, in this process, to saying, oh, this is something the Lord is inviting us as a family and our congregation to step forward together with him in where God's word is directing our, our ministry for this particular place. Uh, you're, uh, I, I look at it this way. You're inviting them to really invest all that they are, to love the Lord their God with all their soul, with all their heart, with all their mind, and then to love their neighbors as themselves or Maybe as John says it, as as Christ has loved us. Yeah, and I will I would uh, say there too. When you're talking about 
really taking the time uh, to clarify, obviously, the ministry, but then also, you know, having a very incorporated uh, facility plan. Uh, one of the biggest benefits of that, one of the one of the pitfalls that uh, as I was uh, talking to some of the congregations that we serve here in Missouri, uh, one being uh, praise and worship down in Branson, that was a church plant that actually, uh, you know, thanks be to God, they're actually going to have their first worship service um, this Sunday uh, in their brand new building, which they used a LCF New Start loan for. Sorry for the shameless uh, plug there. Um, but as I was talking to Pastor Hunsaker and kind of talking, okay, tell me about your life uh, as a church plant. And now you're looking, you're just now getting ready to, to get into your new building. What were some of the uh, issues that uh, you had throughout the process that you wish you knew going into it? And one was um, uh, leadership and how that could be a great thing. And it can be a hindrance. And the fact that when you're looking at a long process, um, and you want to you want to take the time to do it. You might have leadership turnover uh, throughout the whole process. And if you really uh, dedicate the time and effort to lay out that ministry clarity, lay out the the uh, facility plan. This is why we're doing it. That so when leadership changes, everybody's on board already. Everybody's on board, and there's you're not reengaging that new leadership and ex, kind of in a sense ex, re-explaining the why of why we're doing this. It helps. Uh, uh, it can help. Um, uh, delays that can happen when leadership changes um, as you go forward in any building project, whether it's new or whether, you know, it's existing expansion, things of that nature. All right. Well, great guys. And that's really what the podcasts are all about is to help people to understand if you're considering the importance of mission in the communities that have not been reached uh, with a Lutheran identity and with word and sacrament ministry, um, you know, it might seem like kind of an odd time to be thinking about new starts, but when you look at the history of the LCMS, some of our biggest growth in terms of new starts happened after we came out of a couple world wars, after we came out of the Spanish flu, uh, after we came out of the Great Depression. And then once we reached into the 1950s of all periods of time, you see some of the, the most active uh, church planting that was happening uh, in the history of the LCMS after all those kind of devastating uh, events that took place. And it really gives us an opportunity to pause and think about how we can rebuild uh, and reach out through these new starts to, again, so many people that uh, are hurting uh, after what's happened with this pandemic. And the reason we do these podcasts and invite our uh, guests like today is to help uh, to alleviate the fears and the obstacles to let you know that you know, we, we think through Mission Field USA, we have a, a proven process, a step-by-step approach will help you to really build unity in your core group. And when the time comes uh, for you to be most effective in your ministry, uh, to find where you do need, need that new uh, start loan that just got mentioned, or you do need help with the demographics and, and also uh, how do I go about raising the funds that it's going to take for us to truly uh, have an impact in our community. Um, that's why we're most excited to, to host these podcasts, to let you know there are partners uh, in the gospel that are here uh, to walk uh, side by side with you. And we're very excited to, to bring on uh, LCEF today, um, just to give them a chance to let you know that uh, you have partners that are there uh, to assist with new starts. And uh, rather than uh, to to be caught up in your, your fears of the unknown, um, you've, you've got somebody that's been there, done that, and uh, wants to assist, and we're here to, to help. 
Any last thoughts, uh, guys? I just want to um, thank LCF for being such a great partner for the church. They have been for decades a, a wonderful, wonderful partner. And I've seen it uh, time and time again when ministries have gotten into trouble, uh, especially financially, the LCF has been there to work through the problem. I mean, so many times when another lender probably would have foreclosed or or walked away, you know, LCF has always worked with these ministries to get them through the tough times so that they're um, able to uh, salvage the ministry, move forward and move forward strongly. So, um, you know, if uh, people have a loan with LCF right now, uh, as we're going through these very difficult times with the pandemic, I, I have confidence to know that LCF is going to do the best that they can uh, to help these ministries because uh, that certainly has been their history. So it's a long story and very positive uh, history of being a servant of the church. And so I thank you guys for that. Yes. And this is an, un, uh, an unpaid uh, sponsor. Uh, <laughs> yes, thanks. No, I, I appreciate those words, uh, Pastor Larson. And it's you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, uh, when you partner with LCF, and that's what we've been called to do, is you're partnering with a financial institution that has your same uh, mission in mind. So that's always our end goal is to keep the mission going and whatever that might look like. And certainly through a time such as this that we're going through, you know, uh, that's why we exist. And we are here. We stand ready uh, with resources and remedies for those uh, congregations and organizations that do have loans with us. Um, and then we also have uh, uh, ways to walk alongside any of those uh, organizations that are struggling now to provide those resources as well. So, again, uh, appreciate those those words um, uh, positively about uh, LCF and, and who we are. And it's been our joy here. Uh, we've had a whole team of people working in this uh, very difficult time in this pandemic time as well, but a whole COVID-19 uh, group of people uh, willing to work alongside of, of ministries um, that we've gotten to be involved with and even otherwise. So uh, we certainly have enjoyed the opportunity to meet with uh, the two of you gentlemen and thank you so much for the invitation to be here and to be a part of just a just a sliver of what uh, you guys are doing and we just appreciate this today very good thanks guys really appreciate your time and again what a word of encouragement that we can continue to just look even after the exiles with uh, rebuilding of Nehemiah that God continues to bless his church and that he will use us to keep rebuilding. He will use us to continue to be fruitful and multiply, and he will continue to work through new starts uh, to reach the least and the lost. And again, you have partners that are there uh, to help you uh, to continue with new ministry. So just a word of encouragement and just to know that uh, all, all of our listeners are in our prayers and uh, just ask you to consider how God is continuing to bless us and how he's calling us to rebuild. Thanks guys for your time and thanks everybody for listening in today to this special edition of our Mission Field podcast. Thanks for listening to the Mission Field USA podcast for church planting. Visit lcms.org slash church planting for other resources and information to share your ideas and to contact us. The Mission Field USA podcast is a production of the Office of National Mission of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, in partnership with KFUO Radio. The Lord be with you. <laughs>